0: Good morning. Yeah, I'm live. How are you guys doing? Come on, anybody glad to be alive today? Come on, there we go, there we go. Hey, I'm super excited to be here with you guys today. I've been actually looking forward to coming out to the Milton campus since y'all launched me and Pastor Eli. Don't y'all love Pastor Elijah? Come on now. I mean, you guys truly have the best, and uh, he's the man. My wife makes fun of me all the time. Every Wednesday, we're on the phone together. Just talking about life and ministry and everything, and so I'm so appreciative, Pastor Eli, and, and I hope that you guys understand uh, how blessed you are, and so please make that known to him, all right? Just tell him thank you. Just say, appreciate what you do. Tell his wife, Jenna, say thank you. We love you. The team here, they do an incredible job, so can you just give them one more round of applause? Come on. Yes. Well, my name is Todd. I'm one of the pastors at Liberty Church, and I get the honor and privilege to be at our downtown campus. and. Uh, not sure if you've ever been to downtown Pensacola. It's just cool uh, to be in the heart of the city and what God is doing across all of our campuses. You know, and through this pandemic, we launched the campus. Isn't that pretty amazing to think about? And that through these few weeks that we've had, it, over 50 people have made decisions for Jesus. All right, that's something we celebrate right there. Come on. I, I just think for a second about those 50 people that may would not have stepped into one of our live campuses. But join online and met Jesus. And like, don't you know that God knows what he's doing? You know, even though we don't, he does. And so I want to say thank you for contributing. I know Pastor Vanessa did an amazing job just sharing about what your generosity does. And so thank you for giving. Thank you for pushing through, even through difficult times. God's working. He's doing something. And I'm thankful that he gives us a part to play in that. And so, so today we're continuing this series called Who is God? Have you all enjoyed this series? Did Pastor Brent do an amazing job last week? All right, come on. So we're going to pick that back up. And what I want to do is explain this. I don't know if you've realized this or not, but man has screwed up a lot of things. Would you agree? Like, we have screwed up things. And honestly, man has skewed the vision, the, like, who God is in people's eyes. Like, people see God through a man or a woman, right, of what they've done. And so what I want to encourage you to do, all right, is through this series, we've got a few more weeks of it, is to allow yourself to have this new view of who God is by what his word says, all right? Not by some experience of someone you encountered, a leader or a friend or whoever it may be, a parent even, but to allow God's word to re- let you re-see who God really is. Can you do that? Can you accept that? All right, let's just take a deep breath, all right? Take a deep breath with me. All right, y'all ready? Let's go. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you for this amazing opportunity that we have to meet in this convention center. God, I thank you for every single person in this room right now. God, I ask that you would just speak to us. God, that you open up our hearts, our ears, our minds so that we may hear from you today. God, we need your help. God, we need your guidance. God, I ask right now that you would remove Todd from this moment. God, let your words be spoken in this place, God. God we just thank you for who you are for what you're doing and we ask it in Jesus name and everybody said amen. amen. So who here remembers certain things you learned growing up? All right? Think about this for a second. How many of you guys were taught good manners, okay? To say please and thank you. You know, this is something we're taught. How many of you guys were taught not to touch a stove when it's hot? Anybody, you know, if you touch this, you'll burn yourself, right? How many of you guys have ever been taught this? and Maybe I'm living this right now. Any parents in the house, okay? Y'all can probably relate to this. Listen and what? Obey. How many guys say that ten thousand times a day? All right. Listen and obey. It's just an ongoing thing. How many guys have ever had this said to you? Did you? Were you born in a barn? Anybody? You know what I'm referring to there? When you leave the door open, it's like my kids all the time. I'm like, now I understand why my dad said that to me all the time. I'm like, my, maybe I'm reaping what I sow. How many guys? find it crazy that it took a pandemic for us to learn to wash our hands properly like wasn't this something we should have been taught as a little kid you know what i'm saying wash your hands do the abcs you know happy birthday two times whatever it may be how many guys learn this lesson to never ask for a friend to spend the night in front of your parent you know what i'm talking about that's like a major no-no all right Things that we all learned growing up. And I think there's a reason for a lot of these things. And, you know, ultimately to protect us, to prepare us for what to come. You know, Proverbs 22, verse 6, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And this verse is not referring to your favorite college football team, okay? If it was, it would be all about the University of Florida, go Gators, all right? You know what I'm saying? But that's for another day, another topic, right. But this verse is serious, it's like, it's trying to speak to us of how we should continue to to learn as we grow up. And so I want to propose a question to all of us today. And what I want you to do is I want you to take this personally, not your spouse, not your kids, I want you to receive this. And the question is this, am I really teachable? Am I really teachable? Like a question that I think we all need to ask ourselves is this right here, because I wonder and I, I think about why do we stop learning? Do we think that since we made it to a certain age that we've peaked, that we know everything? Or maybe, just maybe, we've become lazy. So I propose this question to all of us here to take this a personal inventory of your own life. Why do we stop learning? To ask ourselves this question, am I really teachable? Because if you could gather all the greatest advice in the world, but if you're not teachable, it's all worthless. Would you agree? Like you could have all the greatest insight, all the research, but if you're not teachable, then it's worthless. It's like not even meaning anything in your life. So I have a few questions for you to think about, all right? One, am I open to other people's ideas? Two, do I listen more than I talk? Three, am I open to changing my opinion based on new information? Four, do I readily admit when I am wrong? Five, do I observe before acting on a situation? Six, do I ask questions? Seven, am I willing to ask a question that will expose my ignorance? Eight, am I open to doing things in a way that I haven't done before? Nine, am I willing to ask for directions? All right. I'm talking to you, all right, not your spouse, okay, all right? This is you, all right? not 10. Am I do I act defensive when criticized or do I listen openly for truth? So if you've answered no to one or more of these, you have room to grow. So let's just get, let the air out real quick, okay? Just say it with me. Say, "I have room to grow." Just say. It. All of us, we all have room to grow. Let's just say it one more time because I think some of y'all hold them back a little bit, all right? Say, "I have room to grow." I think this is important for us to move forward with this because pride can become so dangerous if we don't get a handle on it in our life. Like this can be a real problem if we don't hold on to this thing and we don't figure out that we don't know everything, that we do need to be teachable, we do need to be coachable in this. I would rather truly be effective than to keep pretending to be. And I think so many times we pretend to be effective, but really there's, there's nothing happening there. We're just playing this game that we think we know we're talking about, but really we don't. I think this is important for us to talk about. And to think about this, to truly be teachable or coachable, you need something, right? You need a coach or a teacher, would you agree? You need someone to come in alongside of you, someone speaking into your life, someone developing you, someone pouring into you. And today I got good news. Who here likes good news? Anybody like good news? All right. seems like there's a lot of bad news out there lately, right? I don't know if you watch the news. It's just like bad news after bad news after bad news, right? I'm like, man, how depressed can we be? But I got some good news today. And the good news is this, is that we have access to the perfect coach. We have access to the perfect teacher. We have access to the perfect guide in our life. And I want to like, look at a, a verse in John chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles, you can go to John chapter 10. If you have your phone, pull it out, John chapter 10, all right? If not, you've got this big screen up here you can look at. And I want to look at this scripture, and I want to see who God is through what this word says, okay? Can we dive into John chapter 10 for a few moments? This is what John chapter 10, verse 1 says. I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold... Rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief or a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize. Say recognize. Say, you better recognize. Say recognize. I love this. The sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. Verse 5 says this, they won't follow a stranger, they will run from him because they don't know his voice. Verse 6 says, those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. How many of you guys love scripture sometimes? Like Jesus shares something and everybody's like confused, you know, and they're like, wait. Can you say that one more time in a different way? Anybody like that? You know me? I like things dumbed down a little bit, you know. Like, just make it colorful, all right? More pictures, less words. Anybody with me, you know? And this is what he does. For them that didn't understand what he meant, verse 7 says, So he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers. But the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But I love this part. This is probably a perfect part to underline, highlight. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So I think what this ultimately was representing is that God sent his son Jesus to show us that God is the good shepherd. That God is the good shepherd that all of us need. And if you ever study what shepherds do, shepherds do many things for their flocks. One of the main things that shepherds do is shepherds guide their flock. I have an eight-year-old son, or he's about to turn eight-year-old at the end of this month. And about four years ago, I was ready to teach him how to drive. I got a picture here, okay? All right? Y'all don't judge me, okay? You know y'all have done this before. I think there's a picture. If not, it's okay. Oh, there it is right here. All right? And so I was teaching him to drive, and so what I had, he had the hands on the top, and then I had control on the bottom of the wheel. And then he starts shaking the wheel. How many guys have ever experienced something like this before? Maybe it was you, all right? And then I'm holding it, and then my son, no lie, he said this. He's like, Dad, I know how to drive. And I'm like, Eli, no, you do not and I just think about this perfect picture that this is how we are with God so many times. It's like God's trying to hold us. And he gives us some control, but we're trying to hold. He's holding on here, and we're trying to take this. And no, let's turn it this way. I'm like, no, we're going straight. There's trees right here, you know? And this is the picture that I just think that we think so many times, like, well, I got this. I can do this. Instead of allowing God to control and to guide us, right? Because I think the reality is this, is we want to be the boss. We want to be in control. Is there any control freaks in the house? All right. All right. This is the real thing, that we want to have control. We want to own everything. We want to go like, no, I want to go this way. But God's relationship like, no, 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 I'm trying to hold on to keep you going this way. The cool thing about God is this, is that God wants to be our guide. And the amazing thing about all this is He is the best guide for us because He knows everything about us. He knows what is best for every single one of us. How many of you guys know that so many times our voice and the noise of this world can become so loud that that's all we hear? Not just the, world, the voice of this world, but our own voice. Anybody know this? That it comes so loud that that's all we end up listening to is that. I think it's time that we stop listening to the world, the noise of this world, and begin listening to the one that actually created the world. That we flip it, that we stop, we tune out all this stuff, and be like, all right, God, what it is? what is it that you want me to hear? What is it that you want me to know? What is it that you want me to do? John 10, 3 through 5, this is that the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize. Say recognize. Say you better recognize. Come on, it's fun, all right? You know you're all thinking it, right? Say, so you better recognize. Come on, that was weak. You better recognize. There you go. And the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name. Think about this. Every sheep he knows by name, and he leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them. And they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. So we may listen to a stranger on the news of what they're saying instead of truly listening to the one that's ahead of us, that that knows us by our name, that knows every single thing about it, that created us. This is what it's talking about. I love this. Psalms 95, 3 through 7, this is what it says. For the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods, He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the mightiest mountains. The sea belongs to him, for he made it. His hands form the dry land too. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God. And I love this next part. Maybe this is the part to highlight, underline. For we are the people he watches over, the flock under his care. If only you would listen to his voice today. Man, I just love how that makes him. So my question is this, is, are you listening to his voice? And maybe this is a question that you struggle with, like, well, I don't know what his voice sounds like. I don't know if I actually heard him. I don't know, how can I actually hear his voice? And I think there's a few keys to hearing his voice, and maybe for some of us this can be very hard to do, but I think the first key of hearing God's voice is to truly humble ourselves is to humble ourselves in a way that's like, "I don't know everything." And then from that posture to go to truly seek God with a sincere heart, and then ultimately to, to voice to say, "God, I want you to lead me." I think these are very important keys to hear His voice. I believe that God speaks in so many different ways. How many of you guys love God's word? Anybody love God's word? Man, I'm so thankful for God's word because God speaks so much of this word. The Bible says that God's word is alive, it's active, it's sharper than a double-edged sword. The Bible says that God's word is a lamp for our path, that it's useful to teach us what is true. It, It makes us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us. It teaches us to do what is right. But I don't know if you've ever come to this conclusion here that so many times what we hear we don't always like. Has ever ever experienced that? Like, you mean I got to do what? I got to do that? I got to do it to them? Like, well, wait a second. I, I don't know if I'm all down on this. I have to give up what? I have to change that? This can be a very hard thing for a lot of us to move forward to. But John 10, 10, what we just read is that God has come. He's, he's sent his son to, to give us a satisfying life to give us a full life. So if we're going to experience that, don't you think it's important for us to listen to what he's trying to say to us so that we can truly experience what that is? And so the question I have for all of us today is this, is will you let him guide you? Will you let him guide you? John 10, 27, later on, it says, My sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. But the cool thing about shepherds is they just don't guide. They do other things. And I want to mention two other things shepherds do really quick before we close. Is The second thing, they, so they guide. The second thing is they protect. They use their staff and their rod to, to pull them in and maybe even break their leg if they're not listening so that they can stay on course. So they be like, no, you're, you need to be truly relied on your shepherd because they know what is best for us. John 10, 11 through 13 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired man will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him, and he isn't their shepherd, and so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. They hired hand, the hired hands run away because he's working only for money and doesn't really care about the sheep. So how many of us are following hired shepherds in our life that really don't care anything about us? I think it's time that we shift to know the one that ultimately sacrifices life for us. I love Psalms 91. I I encourage you to read Psalms 91 today, all right? It's an amazing passage in in the Psalms. And what it tells is that God will order his angels to come and to protect you. It even says that he'll keep you from stubbing your toe on a stone, all right? It's pretty amazing. This is what the Bible says, all right? But it all dictates to this is that if you will make the Lord your refuge. If you make the Lord your refuge, he will protect you. He will take care of you. Exodus 14, verse 14, it says, The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. I think some of us in this room, it may seem that he is not at work in your life. Maybe you're here and you're like, All right, I'm going to try this church thing one more time. I'm going to try this God thing one more time. Because nothing else is working. And maybe you're here and you're sick and tired and you're like, Nothing is working in my life. But I think it's important for us to realize That the process can be painful sometimes. That it can hurt. That it can be downright stinking, not fun at all. But I've come to the conclusion that a little progress is still progress. That a little step like this is progress. And I think this is the amazing thing about who is God. This is what God is all about. It can be so discouraging or even so upsetting when it takes way longer than we thought it was anybody ever experienced that this is taking way longer than I thought it should but I think it's important for us to remain to trust him to remain focused and to continue to be obedient to him who here has ever been on a plane before all right wow almost all of us how many guys have ever experienced turbulence before isn't that like the worst thing ever I remember flying back from Guatemala one time on a missions trip, and I'm just chilling there. And all of a sudden, I felt like we dropped like 30 feet in the air. How many of you guys know that my prayer life turned in real good right then? You know what I'm saying? God, I'm so sorry. Forgive me anything I've done, right? I'm like holding my dream, like ah, right. But you know that feeling that you get, like you just feel like, oh. How many of you guys know that that's life? That there's times in life that you're going, and all of a sudden you feel like you dropped about. 30 feet in the air, and you're just like, feel sick to your stomach, and I think we got to understand that there's going to be turbulence in life, that when we're on our way to the next destination that God is leading us to, that it, it's okay to expect turbulence, that that's going to happen, that, that there's turbulence along the way. Do you know that there's even turbulence that happens that you don't even realize happens in your life? That on the plane ride, that there's turbulence that none of us even feel what's going on. Turbulence is all around us. But I'm here to tell you today this, and I want you to understand this: is that God has a plan. That God has the plan, and that His worth that plan is worth trusting in. Because the other thing that shepherds do is shepherds provide for their flock. I'm here to tell you today that God will provide for you. That God is a provider. That maybe you're here in this place and you're in a financial tough situation because maybe you lost a job, you got furloughed, maybe, maybe you're not doing what you thought you'd be doing now and you're in this puff, and you're like not sure you're going to make it. I'm here to tell you that God is your provider. But that's what he does. John 10, 14 through 15 says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep. Think about this. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my Father knows me, I know the Father, so I sacrificed my life for the sheep. And then I love this, verse 16. I think this maybe should be a perspective change for a lot of us. This is what it says, I have other sheep too. Think about this for a second. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. Maybe that sheep that have wandered off, they're a prodigal, they've, they've done their own thing, that they thought that they could do things better their way. Their self that I am in control, and they, and they wander off. But I love this. I must bring them also. That he's still chasing after that one that's lost, the one that was all prideful and thought that they can do things better on their own. And he's still that I'm after them as well. says, they will listen to my voice. And I love this. This is my favorite part in all this. And, and I think this is just a perfect picture of what we're going on in, what's going on in our world, this division of hate. And this is what it says. There will be one flock, say one flock, with one shepherd. I love that. This perfect picture of the body of Christ, of people from all different races, different nationalities, come together as one body, as one flock under one shepherd. And I'm so thankful for God's word, how relevant it is still today. I don't know, when you dig in deeper, man, every time I read this, I'm like, man, this is more real now than maybe it was back then. But really, the reality is it was real back then, too. God's word never stops speaking into the situations that we are in. This thought that God knows us completely blows me away. That there may be times that you you think you're a mystery to yourself, but I'm here to tell you, you're never a mystery to God. That He knows every single thing about you. He knows every struggle, every thought. He knows every temptation that you have. He knows it all. And that there's nothing that we can share, that we can tell God, that He does not already know. You know why? Because He's the Good Shepherd. because he knows us completely, he's able to guide us, he's able to protect us, and he's able to provide for us completely and effectively. This is why God is the good shepherd. Do you realize that we were not designed to be our own shepherd? Has anybody realized that on their own? That we were not designed to be our own shepherd, that we all need a shepherd. So say this with me. Say, I need a shepherd. Say, I need a shepherd. I think it's time that we swallow our pride we surrender our ways we release control and we allow him to lead us and i think we can start by following his voice in his way today so will you guys stand up with me i want to read psalms chapter 23 and you can follow along on the screens but what i want you to do is i want you to receive this today for yourself And then in a moment, I want all of us collectively to pray, to repent, and to ask God to guide us today. That it doesn't matter what we did yesterday. It doesn't matter what we did last week. It doesn't even matter when you were a kid, when you finally gave your heart to the Lord then. What matters is what you do from this moment on. That we can learn from the past. We can learn from our mistakes. That we could get better today. I love Psalms 23. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Verse 3, I love this. He refreshes. Say, refreshes. I don't know if you're here today. Maybe some of you just need to be refreshed. You just need a new breath, air. Just got to breathe in that refreshment to your life just to to take it in. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm thankful for the good shepherd so if you can just close your eyes right where you are and just maybe even if you feel comfortable just open your hands as an act of surrender just say God I'm sorry I'm sorry for being my own God and I, I release it to you now and, and if all of us together let's just repeat this together as one, as one flock under one shepherd say dear God I know that I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust you and follow you as my Lord and Savior, as my shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give Jesus a round of applause for anybody that maybe said that prayer? I'm thankful for God's word, John. Romans chapter 10, it says that when we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that he is Lord, it says that we shall be saved. That we've got a good shepherd. So I want to pray over you, and then Pastor is gonna dismiss us out. God, we just thank you for today. God, we thank you for your word. God, I thank you for every single person in this place right now. Maybe they're walking through a dark valley right now. God, I ask that in this moment that they would look to you, God. They wouldn't look around them, they would look up to you to seek guidance. God, I pray that pride would fall down in this place, that chains would be broken, things that are holding us down, that are weighing on us, God, that we would release it right now at your feet. God, I pray blessings over every single person. God, I speak favor into their lives Gotta open our eyes to see you for who you really are. We ask that in Jesus' name. And remember what he said.